Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today, I want to talk to you about something that, at first glance, might not seem incredibly related to teaching, but I think it's very important that we square these ideas in our own minds, because if we don't, it can really affect the way we interact with our students. And what I want to talk about today is, how should we, as Christians, respond to the turmoil and the evil that we see in the world. I mean, think about it. There is so much craziness around us from from all different different sources, right? There's the political sphere, social unrest, injustice, the craziness that goes on on social media that seems to stir that pot and make it even worse in some cases, right? Then you've got kind of a more personal level where you see your students, your friends, your community, or even yourself going through these heartaches and griefs and these these big challenges. And then in addition to that, we're seeing more and more sin and evil abounding. You know, where the Bible says they will call good evil and evil good, that is happening. And we look around and it's easy to just get discouraged and overwhelmed by all these things that we're seeing. Like I said, the, the, the political issues, the individual heartaches, and then just this, this absolute confusion in our world about what is good and right and what is wrong. And sometimes we can get bogged down underneath all of this. And I think it's important for us in our own minds to, from time to time, I do it regularly, stop and reframe our thinking and figure out how should we be responding to all of this. And that's a key right there, right? We need to be responding, not simply reacting, right? A reaction is what happens naturally. It's the first thing that pops in our mind. But a response is when we stop, we think, we reframe our thinking with biblical truth, We take it to God and we come back and we're ready to respond correctly. And as I said, I think this really does impact our classroom in a couple different ways. Number one, it impacts our own demeanor. You know, our personal, you know, how we are doing mentally matters for our students. If we are stressed about something going on in the political sphere or, you know, a new article that just came out that we read on our way to to work, if that is stressing us out in the middle of the day, that will affect how we interact with our students. Also, especially depending on the age of your students, these types of issues and questions are going to come up. Now, if you're in a Christian school, you can talk directly with your students about all the things we're about to discuss here. But even if you're in a public school and you can't specifically take them through the biblical steps, obviously... You having the confidence in your mind of what is true and what needs to, you know, what, what you know to be true is going to impact 
how you lead the discussions, right? It's going to take them on a different line than if you are also being swept away in all the craziness. So I hope I've convinced you that this is at least worth listening to the rest of the episode because I think you're going to find it really helpful and I think it will have benefits for you in your classroom as well. That's why I'm sharing it. So let's talk first of all about two wrong responses to the turmoil and evil in the world, and then what is the right response. So first of all, there's two different wrong responses that I want to talk about. There's probably way more, but we're going to focus on two. And they're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum. So you'll probably find yourself resonating with one of these responses and probably not as much with the other because we all tend to fall more on one side of the spectrum than the other. So the first wrong response is fear and franticness. So sometimes when we come across an issue, whether it's, like I said, political issue, uh, a matter where we see injustice or someone being treated, you know, a group of people being treated unfairly, or we see just evil, right? An article comes out about, you know, the advance, some, someone who maybe someone that we see upholding biblical values, they're in trouble or someone where they're an article where unbiblical values are being championed. And our response is fear. We're worried what's going to happen. We start getting all upset about it or even franticness, meaning like, I have to fix this. We have to do something. And so there's this fear and franticness that what's going to happen? This is not good. This is horrible. We have to fix this. And what's happening there, and we'll get to this more later though, is that we are not trusting God. We have forgotten, or at least we're not choosing to remember that God is in control, that he knows what he's doing, that none of this has happened by accident, and we are not trusting God. We're taking all the responsibility on ourselves to fix this. So that is not a good response. So if you tend to respond with fear and franticness, remember that is not what God has called us to, right? God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We're going to talk about what to do about that fear and franticness in a minute. But first, let's talk about the wrong response on the opposite side of the spectrum. So if the first wrong response is fear and franticness, the opposite wrong response is this attitude of either apathy or adapting. In other words, this response says, you know what, it's fine. I'm either just going to go with the flow, we just need to adapt to the times, or sometimes this approach takes the form of withdrawing from the battle. So we're not going to engage with this, right? So while fear and franticness say, we got to fix this, and it wants to jump in and, you know, find political solutions and and just fix everything, apathy and adapting steps back and says, I'm not going to engage for one reason or the other. Sometimes it's this notion that since God is in control then we don't need to do anything, right? We we are completely stepping back. We have nothing to do with this, which I believe is not a right application of the concept that God is in control. Uh, sometimes it is, like I said, an, an apathetic, I just don't want to think about it. I can't handle it. So I'm just going to shut it off. I'm going to bury my head in the sand, pretend that it doesn't exist. And other times 
it is a buckling to the pressure, right? There is so much pressure to think a certain way or to go with this new initiative or whatever it is. And so we just feel like, I guess I'm just going to go with it, right? It's too much pressure. So my challenge to you right now is to think, which side of that spectrum do you tend to fall on? When you are faced with upheaval, injustice, sin and evil in our world, all this turmoil, where do you tend to fall? Do you know, do we tend to fall into fear and franticness and, and worry about it? Or do you kind of tend to withdraw and back up and say, I, I, I can't, I can't, or I won't, or I'm not going to deal with it at all? I think both of these aren't quite the right response. Uh, they're both missing, they both have elements of Well, depending on how you respond, there's elements of truth in them, but they're wrong reactions. And that's the thing. Typically, those are reactions, not as much thought-out responses. So the answer is somewhere in the middle. And so let's talk about what is the right response when we're facing evil and turmoil in our lives or in the lives of those around us or simply in the world at large. The key thought to remember, number one, is remember that God is in control. This simple truth is the foundation of everything, and it totally transforms the way that we view these difficulties, right? Realize that nothing ever happens without it being under God's control. He's either chosen or allowed it for a purpose. So it's not as if this world is spinning out of control and it's taking God by surprise. It's not like he's looking down and wringing his hands, wondering what he's going to do about it. So if God is not wringing his hands about it, we don't need to either. We can have faith and trust in him. So this this brings about a couple couple practicalities then. If we remember that God is in control, then that means, first of all, we can trust in him. We do not need to be afraid, right? So this should take away our fear. Anytime we are afraid of something happening around us, we are either not remembering, not believing that God is in control or we're not trusting that God knows best. Or or to make it a little more personal, maybe we know uh, that God is in control, but we don't like it, which is really saying my way is better than God's, which is, which is dangerous, right? So we have to trust in him, not only that he is in control, but that we want what he wants more than we want what, our want, what we want. Because sometimes when we see this political upheaval, What we're really upset about is, you know, what's going to happen to me? What if my life becomes less easy? What if my life, what if I have to go through these difficulties that I see someone else going through? You know, what if uh, I come under fire for my faith, for standing up for the truth or whatever the case is? Uh, What if, you know, the political system becomes less, uh, you know, less tolerant of Christians, right? It seems to be going in that direction. You know, what if we end up being persecuted? And our mind goes on and on and on and on. But once again, 
do we trust God? Do we trust him that he is in control? And then do we surrender to that? Do we say God knows better than me, right? Uh, If God chooses to bring that into our lives, it is for a purpose. It is good. And I don't need to fear that. Uh, Not that I'm looking forward to that if it ever happens, but I don't need to fear it. So remembering that God is in control, we can trust in him and not be afraid of the future. At the same time, this also frees us from this feeling that we have to fix everything. Sometimes we can feel like it's all on us to fix all of the world's problems And we're going to talk about this in a minute. God has called us to be salt and light and to make a difference. We're going to talk about that in a second. But that does not mean that it's on us to fix all of sin's problems. Sin is is in this world right now. It is ruled by sin. And this 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 can be a very helpful truth as well. You know, we, our world, both Christians and non-Christians alike, long for a world where there is peace, where everyone gets along, where there is justice and truth reigns. Like that is what we want, right? This utopian society. It's 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 what everyone wants pretty much except, except the maniacs, right? <laughs> uh, we want this utopian society. But we as humans will never accomplish that. Never. Because of sin, because we are corrupt at our core, it's not going to happen until Christ the King comes and reigns, and he will fulfill all those desires. If you look through scripture, there is promise after promise after promise of the King that will come, of the peace that he will bring, of the justice and righteousness that he will reign with. So all of these things that we long for, that our hearts long for, those are those longings are given to us by God, the longing for justice, for peace, for righteousness. Those are in us because that is what God is going to do one day, right? When Christ reigns, that is what will what our world will be like. But we are foolish when we think that we can arrive there without him, right? He is the only way we would ever get to that point. And so we're going to talk about in a minute what we do have responsibility, okay? We absolutely do. But we we can't feel like we have to fix this in our human might, in our human ingenuity. We can fix anything. We can't, okay? It's not, we are the problem more than the solution. So we, this trusting in God, realizing that he is in control, that he has a plan, that his purposes are never going to be uh, overrun or destroyed or put down, right? He, he cannot lose, should free us from feeling like it's all on us to come up with a solution to a problem that is so much bigger than us. I hope that makes sense. Let me balance that, though, because the right response is, number one, remember that God is in control. That means we trust him. We're not afraid. We realize it's not on us to fix everything. But we can't just stop there, right? What should we do? Remember we said it's also wrong to just take this approach of I'm just completely withdrawing, right? It would be wrong to say, you know, God is in control, so I don't have to do anything. That's not what the Bible teaches at all, right? What should we do? How should we respond? Well, I have three things that I wrote down. The first is that when we see evil and turmoil 
and the realization that God is in control. That should drive us to prayer. So often we view prayer as a last resort or like a last ditch attempt. We don't really think that it works, but Prayer is the way that we work with God. Uh, Prayer is powerful. And so when we see turmoil and evil, it should drive us to pray, to pray for the leaders that are involved in that situation, to pray for us that will know how to respond and what we should do uh, with the opportunities God gives us, and to pray that God would intervene, right? We should be praying, God, intervene in this situation. Um, God, send Send truth. Make truth apparent. I remember one particular situation. I won't won't bring it up because I don't want to go back into that darkness. But there was a big confusion about what had happened. And I felt like it was really uh, politicized. And people weren't necessarily searching for truth. And I remember praying, God, make the truth come to light. Make the truth apparent. And in time, it, it did. In time, it what it did become apparent. So so pray for those things, right? Pray um, for God to intervene uh, and pray above all else, right? For God's kingdom, for God's purposes to be established in and despite of all the turmoil. So prayer, it should drive us to prayer and to a realization that prayer matters because if God is in control and he is, and our prayers work somehow in the mystery of providence, work together with God, that is the most important work we can be doing. Uh, I know in our society today, um, people make fun of the thought, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with you. They make fun of that as if like, huh, what good is that? Our prayers are the most powerful weapon we have. And I don't expect the world to understand that, but we as Christians can never forget that. So we should absolutely be praying. That's the most important way we can engage in this battle. Number two, we need to be living according to God's precepts. So this, we could go on and on and on about what all this includes, right? But certainly God has called us to love. God has called us to peace and to patience with those around us. Um, God has called us to holiness and to righteous living. And so regardless of what is happening around us, we can be a light and we need to be a light by living according to his precepts. So even if his precepts are mocked by those around us, do we stay true to them? When everyone else is being nasty, do we stay kind and patient and long-suffering and joyful amidst all of it? And this isn't something we can muster up on our own, right? This is a result of the Holy Spirit working in our lives, um, enabling us to, to to stay and live according to his precepts. So that's really important, um, especially in this era when we talk about um, sin and evil abounding and there being so much confusion. Uh, stand on God's word, right? Don't, we don't ever um, discount, we should never discount God's word just because it's not popular in our day or because people uh, want to discount it. Uh, we need to remain true to his precepts, uh, live living them out and believing in their truths. Finally, we need to engage as God leads. So this is where I cannot spell out for you what engagement looks like, but we should be looking to engage 
as God leads. So we talked about before where there shouldn't be this frantic idea that I have to come up with this idea to fix this thing. You know, I've got to do this because you notice the word there, I, 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 I have to fix this, right? Um, What we should be doing when we see a problem is praying about it. And part of that prayer should be, God, show me what I should do, where I can engage this, what my part is or isn't, right? Because we're only going to be effective as we engage where God wants us and in the way God wants us to. Otherwise, it is entirely possible that we jump in and do more harm than good. Uh, One thought on this, though, is to look for places where God has given you a voice and an opportunity. You know, so if your principal comes and asks you for your thoughts on this new policy, you know, regarding a certain issue, then that's an opportunity. You know, you certainly shouldn't lie, right? <laughs> uh, you certainly should share uh, the truth that you believe in the way, in a way that is going to be relevant uh, to the situation, right? And this is an, another thing we could we could do a whole other episode on this. But God's truths are universal; they can be defended in a secular way. In other words, um, if you know you're in a public school and someone's asking, you know, hey, what's your advice on, you know, this situation? Maybe it's uh, dealing with, for example, you know, what should our policy be on transgender bathrooms or transgender names or, or whatever this is. They're trying to figure this out, right? This is something that we're working through as a society right now. Um, you don't have to come to them with, well, the Bible says this and this and this. That's probably not going to be helpful. It may be... It, I'm not going to say it isn't, you have to look, you have to read the situation. But my point is, God's truths are true. (laughs) So they have uh, just secular or neutral, rather, arguments that can be made in their defense. So so look for the logic, look for that, and, and speak as you're given opportunity. I am getting off on a rabbit trail. The whole point here is to engage as God leads. So be looking for ways to engage, be looking for ways to make a difference, to stand for truth, to stand for justice, to help those, to be loving. Look for these opportunities and take them as God brings them on on your way, right? So so going back when we said the two wrong responses, one was frantically trying to fix it on our own. The other was withdrawing and not engaging. Neither of those are right, right? We need to engage, but it needs to be as God leads and not just a frantic flailing about <laughs> trying to fix all of the world's problems and take them all on our shoulders. Wow, those were a lot of thoughts and we could talk so much more about these. I would love to hear your thoughts and your responses and your advice. Uh, So if you want to hop over to teachfortheheart.com slash turmoil, would love it if you would hop over there and leave a comment and share a little bit about your thoughts. Uh, If you want to push back on something I said, absolutely push back on it and we can discuss it over there. Before we go, though, let's take a moment to pray because that is absolutely what we need the most. Father, thank you so much that you are in control and that we can trust you. Thank you also that you've somehow allow us to partner with you in prayer, in speaking to others. And I pray that you will make... um, 
I pray that you will make your will known to each of us. Help each teacher know when to engage and when to be silent. Uh, Help them to have peace and to trust you. Help that peace and that trust and that joy. Have, have your peace, trust, and joy just be in them and radiating a bright light to all their students and all their colleagues and all the parents that they interact with, Lord. And may it be a great testimony to you and the peace that you give amidst all the craziness. We thank you so much, and I just pray that you will help guide each of our thoughts in these matters. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As I said, I would love to hear your thoughts and comments. These are things I am constantly trying to think through and work through. And, you know, it's kind of always evolving, right? You have kind of to push back in both directions. So I would love to hear your thoughts once again at teachfortheheart.com slash turmoil. Um, One other resource I would recommend, uh, this is not specifically related to uh, politics or turmoil, but I found that good, solid Bible preaching just over time really helps when these things come up, right? It really helps frame our mind and have us thinking the right way. So I would definitely recommend if you're looking uh, for something to listen to, uh, it's on the podcast, it's on the, it's online, it's called Truth for Life uh, with Alistair Begg. Uh, he's actually our pastor and you've probably, some of you have probably heard of his program. It is phenomenal Bible teaching. So you can head to truthforlife.org or look up the Truth for Life podcast and it's just solid Bible teaching that over time will help you continue to grow and better understand um, both this and a ton of other biblical issues because when we think biblically it helps us know how to respond uh, in in all of these challenging situations well thank you guys again so much I look forward to speaking with you again soon in the meantime keep growing keep striving you really are making a difference